You're listening to Tottenstown. What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Titans Time Podcast. I'm your host, Tanner Staggs. Joining me, as always, my co-host, Tyler Staggs. We've got a guest on the show with us today, Preston Penn. Uh, Preston, thanks for coming on, man. Uh, we really appreciate it. Uh, glad to have you on the show. Glad to do it, guys. How's it going? It's going good. Going good, as long as our Wi-Fi will keep working. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, it's been working from home really makes it a challenge. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, we depend on that more than ever now. It's crazy. It, yeah, I know... Uh, Back last year, I had to work from home some, and you know we live out in BFE, and there would be times where I'd get just enough service to call my boss and be like, hey, big storm just come through. I have no Wi-Fi, so you're not going to get any work from me for a while. <laughs> how, BFE, how BFE are we talking? Um, to go to either town, we're about 20 minutes away. It's, so, it's out there. Yeah, at, yeah. <laughs> we pretty much have one internet supplier that we can use, and that that's about it. <laughs> yeah, that's that's out there. Yeah, for sure. That's like that's like hot bowling. No, I like Portland, or that's worse than Portland. That's like Lafayette, kind of bad. Red Bowling Springs, whatever it is. <laughs> right. Bad. Tyler is one of my closest neighbors, and to for me to go out and run to his house, it's probably a, a mile and a half or two mile run. God. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, we're, we're out here. Uh, you know, but you know, we grew up out here, used to it, and hoping that we can get some of these other internet providers to come out here and be like, all right, yeah, we can run you like the fiber optics and maybe get something a little bit better. For sure. Yeah, y'all gotta be able to have that for sure. I mean, for work, for this, for everything. I mean, imagine streaming it, streaming a game or something, and it just goes out. This TV. I mean, I, I would be pissed. I mean. Uh, it's several times that has happened and more times than not it's when i'm having a like a really good game <laughs> so always uh i just i wanted to tell you congratulations on the move out to murfreesboro uh Appreciate i was excited it. for you to see that uh I, I really liked it out in that area whenever um i was going to mtsu um i really enjoyed murfreesboro so yeah it's it's nice it's it's just weird having to go like 18 minutes to the post office and it's close to me. And it's like, th- there's there's a lot of stuff that's near me, but it's just, I'm used to the gym being a minute and a half for me, the post office being a minute for me. Now my new gym that I found today is Olympus, no shout outs, is uh, like 12 minutes away, which isn't terrible, but you hit like 57 lights in between. <laughs> I couldn't imagine things being that close. It's, it's, just, it's, it's weird for me being that far though. It's weird. Yeah. It's <laughs> A Walmart, two Publixes within a five-minute radius. I mean, we intersected That's in five, crazy. within five minutes. I mean, it was all, like, right there. I mean, I'm just – it's weird having – I mean, it's not like this is, you know, middle of nowhere, but it's developed way more than it was 20 years ago. But, God, it's still – sure. it's, an, it's an adjustment not being this close to downtown. Right. Yeah, it. I know it's crazy for us because uh, back – when Tanner was still in high school, he was on the basketball team and to help out with his practices, you know, they, my mom or our mom and dad rented like a little duplex in town and they stayed there during the week. And of course I still stayed at our house and it was, you know, he was right there next to everything. 
he could be at the gym in just a couple minutes. Like you said, yeah. go to, you know, if he wanted to go out to eat, he's right there with everything. And I'm sitting here like, all right, do I really want to drive, you know, 20 minutes to go get a burger or something like that, or to go to the gym, you know, really weighing the options there. God. Yeah. You got, you almost got to, it's almost, it almost makes you not want to, it's like the church is like, ah, I'll just eat at home. This is cool. <laughs> Well, well, Tyler, uh, I know that you wanted to ask, get into asking Preston a couple of questions about his collection and stuff like that. Um, Tyler's been the one here out of the two of us that's kind of started to build a little collection of his own. Uh, and I, <laughs> I was going to make the joke to him that it's almost like your collection, like it inspired him to start kind of getting a collection <laughs> going. <laughs> yeah, man, that, uh, you know, my collection is nowhere near what you have, but you know, st just started to kind of grab some things, started out kind of, I guess, with the uh, bobbleheads, just, you know, seeing where people were doing the giveaways, uh, like giving away a Keith Bullock bobblehead on Twitter and entered that one. And it was kind of funny how it worked out. Bullock is, you know, like my favorite Titans player of all time and just so happened to win that. And I was stoked and just started growing it since then. And I know from uh, when the Titans had you on, like their super fan uh, thing, you said you had like over 400 game jerseys. Is that right? Yeah, close to, close to it around there. I mean, I've lost count, but I think around there. That sounds about right. Wow. <laughs> Do, out of all the stuff you have, not just the jerseys, anything like that, what is your favorite collection piece let me see man it's hard to beat this derrick henry one right here i don't know if i can turn this thing around if i'm stupid when it comes to this i may just like here we go move this out of the way but the derrick henry piece that uh from two years ago is probably as close to my favorite as possible this thing is um awesome i'm trying to make sure i don't like damage the wall here okay right my wife would kill me so this is the uh, <laughs> everywhere apologize this thing is not even anywhere near done so i'm a uh, god i'm like I'm, I'm not drunk, I promise. I'm trying to get it <laughs> correctly, but there's one right there. And see, we're going to knock down this wall, and we're supposed to be done next week. So y'all bear with me for a second. We're going to connect these two. We're going to end up connecting these two rooms. And God, it's dark in here. Let me turn some lights. Uh, <laughs> but I have to click the right one the first time, so that's good. Um, so I've gotten helmets set up now, kind of. These things are a pain in butt to, to put together. Um, those, and then I've got jerseys. I think that's what I, I think I'm gonna do it like this. I gotta find a use for this uh, slanted area here. But I think my favorite jersey though has a lot of significance just because historically it only was two years. This um, Derek Mason Tennessee Oilers jersey, right? And they wore it the entire year because I didn't know this until someone told me this recently that they um, ended up wearing the jerseys that last year. They only wore white in '98 because the bud bud was kind of cheap. And he, he didn't want to spend a lot of money on jerseys for one more year when they were going to be doing do the complete redesign in 1999. So they ended up just giving them one jersey. They didn't wear blue a single time, a white blue or dark blue a single time that year. It was all wow. white. So I think they literally gave them one jersey and said, okay, you, you, you tear it up. We're going to stick it back <laughs> together. And it's, I mean, it, it's beat up and I love it. But that's just, just that, just the significance of them coming from in a four year span. God, I'm terrible with this camera. Four years span. We're going to Houston, Memphis, Vanderbilt, and then down the road to Nashville. I mean, that's crazy. And to, and to keep that franchise afloat 
And even going eight and eight is astounding considering what all they went through, the adversity of and uncertainty of not knowing what they were going to be dealing with even the next year or the next month. I mean, it's just that's a, to be able to do that is pretty crazy. And then to be able the next year, of course, to go Super Bowl run was just nuts. I felt so good for picturing those guys because they went through a lot of crap for those four years having to move and the city of Houston kind of turning on them, not going to the games anymore. I mean, you hear stories about them just kind of completely shutting the players out. It's like, players like, this isn't our fault. You know, it's, it is what it is. That's crazy. Right. And, you know, like you said, just going through all that and then having the Super Bowl run in 99, you know, because no one's thinking at that point with how much they've moved around everything else that they're going to, you know, go on that run, make it to the Super Bowl. Definitely not. No, no way in hell. I mean, not, none of us predicted that. Then you come out and, and, and don't lose a game in, in, at home and then just play out of your mind. I mean, because everything just starts clicking at the right time. You get the defensive rookie of the year. You get 14 and a half sacks out of, out of him. Still a rookie record. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get also, I mean, you get production from which makes other guys better, as you know, and then makes the coverage better. I mean, the pass rush is better. Eddie's clicking. Steve is in his third year full starting. So he's starting to come around. And then you get some production from wide receiver. Wycheck is just unbelievably consistent. And you have Lorenzo Neal, which I just one guy I wish they not let go. Him and Mason were the two guys I wish they wouldn't let go of so early because Lorenzo Neal was just so good for Eddie. Right. And I didn't know if Tanner had any uh, questions about your collection there, anything like that. He, you know, like you said, I've been the one kind of working on mine. He tells me I got a uh, bobblehead army here now because I got, you know, was able to end up getting all the ones that they've gave, you know, out to the season ticket members. Uh, But Tanner, you got anything for him on his collection? Um, I actually, one of the things that I wanted to ask him, I wanted to shift kind of to the team now, and I wanted to ask him what his thoughts were uh, just in general about the team with all of the different offseason moves that they've made. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of optimism uh, around what's going on. So what do you think about it? Isn't it crazy how a couple months can change it completely? It's insane. (laughs) Like January, and then you start seeing a couple months later, you know, Vaccaro's gone. They cut Adori. I mean, they cut. I mean, they they cut Malcolm. They. It's a lot of people are like, oh, we're gonna, we don't want to win all this stuff. And then now, they they trade for Julio. They have a pretty good draft from what it appears, and they fill a couple holes. And then you go from everybody wanting to jump off the bridge to they're jumping on the bandwagon. And it's like it's it's just crazy how quickly it changed. And it just took a couple things, and just it just shows how overreactive a lot of people are i mean and it's easy to as a fan we're fanatics i mean we just we really do get excited about stuff but you really have to look at it like he's john robinson's done a good job for five years he's not perfect he's gonna miss he's missed on kevin dodd he's missed on the 79 we're not gonna mention his name (laughs) (laughs) he actually messaged me yesterday on instagram it's funny story um anyway but so he um yeah but but for the most part he's hit on a lot of a lot of play, a lot of picks. So I mean, he's not hit on every pick. Nobody has. But you look at all the first round misses by every GM, and there's a lot that you're like, oh my god, what were they thinking? Every single one. But now, to answer your question, better Tanner, like just I, I feel pretty good about it, provided everybody stays healthy. I mean, on paper, it's maybe the most potent offense we've ever had. But 
Ferkser has to Ferkser should be really good. I think that third tight end is what I'm really kind of curious as to who's going to win that battle because that guy's going to play a lot, honestly. You got Swain as your number two, he's your blocking tight end. Ferkser can block a little bit, he's a receiver, as we know. The third guy is that Pinkney, is that um oh god, I can't. I can't think of the guy's name, but there's there's another guy that was on the practice squad last year that was around. And there's I think there's like four or five guys vying for that third spot. And they still people talking about trading for OJ Howard or Zach Ertz. I mean, they've already traded two picks in the in the next year's draft. They don't need to trade another one. I mean, they, right. we're gonna be looking at 2023 picks if we really start getting I mean, if we don't start being careful. You know what I mean? We're, we gotta I know the window is probably three years. But that doesn't mean they need to just completely mortgage the future for one year because they could really be good for three years, I think. Exactly. And, um, you know, that was the thing that I was saying, uh, I believe it was a couple of weeks ago about the tight ends. You know, I definitely wouldn't mind seeing another guy in the mix, but with the amount of picks that they've already used up trying to better that roster, I just don't know that you could justify giving some more away. No, and I mean, we may even have that third guy on the roster. We don't know because at one point, Ferkser was a was an unknown. So, I mean, and he, and exactly. he is now the one. So, I mean, you just don't know that Pinkney could – Pinkney was a good college tight end. I mean, he was – I mean, he's more athletic than Ferkser probably. He may not have as good of hands, but they liked him enough to sign him and try to develop him in the offseason. And, I mean, who knows? It could, be, it could be somebody that we have no idea. The guy from Alabama, the tight end, I don't remember his name, but – I know people were talking about him as a guy that could possibly make moves. And I'll admit, I didn't pay attention a lot to the tight ends last year for Alabama because I'm not thinking, you know what I mean, unless they're how well they run blocking for Najee. I mean, that's where I'm looking at them. But I think think we could have that third guy on the roster. I mean, and they, for them to have not made a move, it makes you think maybe they think so too. Yeah. Uh, If I'm hearing right, all right, so you said that 79, actually, in a message you on Instagram – yeah, funny story. I actually <laughs> joked about it. He has his Instagram live every once in a while where he'll go live and he'll start, you know, sitting in his car or sitting wherever and talking. And I messed, and I said, hey, I want to buy one of your game jerseys. And he's thinking, I'm thinking, whatever. And he goes, yeah, if you're serious there, however he sounds, if, you, you know, if you're serious, then shoot me a message. I said, all right. So I just being funny, I started messaging him and I'm like, what are you thinking? I said, I'll give you like 200 because – I give him two hundred because it's like a novelty piece, you know. It'd be kind of right. funny that he had his draft day jersey. And he goes, <laughs> "I'm th- that's a little low," and I'm like, "Oh, you're not playing." So I mean, it's like, okay, <laughs> I mean, you have four more snaps than I do, bro. I mean, so I'm like, okay, so what do you think? He goes, at least a thousand. I'm like, uh, <laughs> all right, well, so I got it, right, buddy. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I just, just kind of left him on red. I thought I was like, oh, I don't know what to say. I just like, I want to ask for pictures, but it's like I don't. Yeah, I. Yeah, I just that's that that was that, that that's the one thing I think that really that's that's been a lot of wheels and a lot of different motions too. You think about that because we had to draft a right tackle in the second round this year because of that, right. and then and then we get rid of uh, Dennis Kelly and we signed Kendall Lamb, who's another run blocker. Which you know when you draft that when you draft Dylan Redunds, I think that's how you say his name, and then you sign Kendall Lamb and you're letting go of. Um, Kelly, you know what that means? That means they're going to they're gonna run the hell out of the ball. They want to run the ball. They want to crush people. I mean, these are guys that whoever plays that right tackle spot is going to maul somebody. And that was what they were hoping from Isaiah. But the, value, the good thing is they were able to get good value for that second-round pick for, for Dylan because he a lot of people had him as a first-round pick. Not that the draft 
projections mean anything, but the guy's a talented player, even if it's at a lower level. And if he fits your scheme, you get him in second round and he can, and he starts within, you know, half a season or a season. Hey, good pick. Right. And, you know, just going back to your story that it's kind of funny. He's, you know, he's telling you, you know, Hey, that's a little low, but after everything we know now, we're looking at, yeah, well, your rookie contract was a little high <laughs> considering yeah. no more than what you've done. Um, and trying to think, what are your uh, expectations for this season? Like if you were to give a season prediction now, just like as far as how many games do you think we're going to win? Uh, you know, obviously going to 17 games this year. Do you think that, that's going to open things up more for Henry to probably break that season rush record. Or since we added Julio and now teams really have to pick their poison, do you think that kind of levels it back out? That's a good question. I've thought about that too. And somebody was being – one day I was talking to them, and they go, Titans are going to be 13-5. and five. I'm like, who's the 18th game? And they're like, no, they they play 18 games this year. I said, since when? And then they're like, oh, just kidding. They play 17. I'm like, yeah, okay, cool. But so, <laughs> but so with that, I think it's interesting because, like you said, you have to pick your poison. You can't put eight or nine in the box. You can really put seven because Julio can still beat you. AJ can certainly beat you. For, mm. If anybody, if either one of them starts doing really well, Furcher could do well. Your third receiver, Josh Reynolds, you're paying money to, could come in and come in the slot or come in line up outside and, and do well. I think the extra game, though, I mean, they, they drafted with the way that they want to – their identity is they want to run. They want to crush mm-hmm. people, I think, with the way that they signed Kendall Lamb. They signed – they drafted Dylan at right tackle. Um, all the guys that are coming back like to crush people. They made clear in the evaluations of wide receivers, every one of these guys we're looking at, they must love run blocking. So you know what that means. They're going to go <laughs> – they, they want to hit people. They want to hit people. And that's – I think that's still going to be their – bread and butter is going with Henry, but they're not afraid to throw it down the field and open it up either. I think that's a good, I think it's a good, good option either way. But as far as for games, it's hard to pick a number for games because it's like that stuff is so, that's so fluid. You know what I mean? Like it's so hard, but I guess, I think 10, another 10 win season is not out out of the possibility, but I mean, it's, it's a realistic expectation. I think, for playoffs, I don't see why they can't contend for a Super Bowl. I don't want to say they will be a Super Bowl team because crap happens. I mean, it's just one of those things. We've had fluky things happen. I just hope we don't play the Ravens at home because it seems like whoever has that game in in their stadium, they're losing that game. Right. Historically, I mean, 20 years, that team, that the Ravens and Tides have played at playoff games. The home team has never won. I mean, so it's crazy that that's, that's such a crazy stat just to think about <laughs> it really is i mean i just but i think henry could realistically if they stick with him like i think they could i don't see why they couldn't get 1800 yards 2000 yards again and tanny hill throws for 3500 i mean that's another 5500 yards in offense my math is correct which i'm not a math major but i think that's right <laughs> but if i'm not there that out please no i'm kidding but you know, <laughs> but, I, but i think i don't see how they can't get an extra game because that all it takes is a, a 200 yard, all it takes is a 200 yard game from Henry. <laughs> and then a bunch of, but like, but he's been, show, he showed he could do that several times last year. Mm-hmm. It just takes one chunk and he's gone for 80 yards. I mean, he's just, there's nobody like him. So if there's anybody that I ever think could repeat 
for 2,000 yards. It would be Henry just the way that that guy works his tail off in the offseason. He, he's more talented than anybody maybe ever played the position physically gifted-wise, but the guy still works hard. I mean, it's not mm-hmm. like he's still hungry. He still wants to be great. He's not half-assing it and coasting because he's the best in the league and he's a back-to-back rushing champ. He's still out there hungry, wanting to, to be great. The thing to me uh, about like what you were talking about earlier with what the Titans want to do and what they're really building their roster to do, what should be scary to other teams is obviously they're building their offensive line and uh, you know their tight ends around the fact that they want to be blocking for Derrick Henry. But when other teams look at the wide receivers that the Titans have, especially the top two, when you look at A.J. Brown and you look at Julio Jones, and when you see those two names, you obviously think of big receiving numbers and you know two guys that you have to really pay a lot of attention to. Um, but what needs to scare these teams is the fact that those are two huge dudes that can be running down the field blocking for Derrick Henry. Yeah, those they're they're big, and then you've got pretty much everybody over is over six foot except for Cam Batson. And Cam is completely different. I mean, he can still run block. He'll still get in there and hit somebody. But every one of those other receivers that's going to make the team is six foot or taller. I mean, mm-hmm. Racy McMath, six three. Um, Desmond Patrick, six three. I mean, Nick Westbrook, six two. I mean, and then all the tight ends are big as they should be. I mean, you've got a lot of guys in there that are willing to hit somebody and really just enter big enough to make an impact in the run game and then scare you downfield because you could play jump ball with any of these receivers and they're, they've got more than 50, 50 shot to, to, to win the jump ball. Yeah. I mean, and you know, sometimes like you talked about with Derek Henry, just how big and physical he is. So, you know, most of the time teams have to deal with receivers that are like that. But now you have receivers that are like that, running back that's like that, tight ends that are big. And you mentioned Ferkser earlier and Josh Reynolds. You know, just with the you know three-headed monster we have of Henry, Brown, and Julio, you know, Reynolds and Ferkser are guys that Tanner and I both said that we think are just going to thrive this year because so much of the other team's focus is going to be on stopping those three guys that – you know, you can just slip Reynolds out there, slip Ferkser out there, and, you know, they're going to rack up yards. Definitely. They should, for sure. I mean, I think one – I don't know who it's going to be, but somebody's going to really be the beneficiary of that, like you guys are saying. I mean, it may be even be Cam or Dez or somebody – some surprises. I mean, it's just it's just crazy how stacked the offense is on paper. And I, and I think that they'll do really well as far as once they get adjusted to Todd Downing calling the plays – that's just that's an adjustment, but it's not a huge adjustment because he's probably going to stick with a lot of the stuff that Arthur that worked with Arthur. And there's a lot of continuity on the staff, so I think a lot of the stuff's going to stay the same. But there is still an adjustment. But I think you've got players that are talented enough and knowledgeable enough that have an that they'll value the impact to be you know the opinions to be able to kind of cater it to where you're doing stuff that really works that AJ likes or you likes or even Henry like a play that Henry likes or something that you're going to make it to where that you're going to want the players to succeed and you're going to put it that they'll be able to put them in the best position to succeed. It's just going to be an adjustment possibly. Hopefully we get it all worked out in preseason. A, a name that I'd like to throw in as far as a beneficiary is, is Darrington Evans. Um, yes. Because I think that there's so much opportunity for that guy in the offense really to just sneak in and get some reps where he can really make a difference. 
I like him too. And they worked him out at receiver a little bit too, which was interesting. That's yeah. that. So that's like, I know that he's going to be running back most of the time, but you got that guy that you bring that other running back in on third and long, you could line him up out wide and maybe do a screen pass to him or have him be a decoy or something, even do like motion. And I'm doing motion like my hands, like I'm t- teaching. <laughs> um, but like, but like you, you would have someone like that. And then you've got good depth with McNichols is good. Brian Hill's a great special teams player and can play. I mean, you've got a lot of depth. You've got guys, a lot of guys, running backs that can do well. And they did well last year with that. You know, they put in Evans. He did well when he played. McNichols played well when he played. Deontay Foreman played well when he played. I mean, you had guys. I mean, it, it's almost like whoever you put in there did well behind that line with or without Taylor in there, which is crazy because they kept the continuity somehow. And that was the guy that was everybody hated two years ago, Keith Carter did an outstanding job. Just keep it, just keeping it going and just really elevate, keep, you know, making him a possible coordinator name in a year or two, the way that he's really pushed and kept that line going. That's, that's a lot of work to go through three tackles. I mean, at 1.2 in a week, because you had Sambrello that got hurt. And then you had Kesenberry that came in It's off the practice squad, hadn't hardly played in years. And he looked good. I mean, for what, for, for what you – and better than what we would expected. Right. He looked prepared, I guess, is what I would say. The best thing is he looked prepared, and they didn't miss much of a beat. But So I can't wait to see what happens when Taylor gets out there and see how even better they're going to be with all that depth now. Uh, and another guy there on the offensive line that, in my opinion, came in and just blew expectations out of the water was Aaron Brewer. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he did a great job uh, coming in and filling those roles. Definitely, he, he he did well. Um, Nate Davis did well. I mean, you put pretty much everybody played well. I mean, Jamil Douglas yeah. even did well. I mean, because he could line up anywhere, and he's with Buffalo now, I think. But he did well as kind of a a swing guy that could come in and play wherever. And Brewer's kind of the same way. He could play guard or center, and you need guys like that that can come in and kind of fill in if you need a left guard. If Saffle gets hurt, you can have, put him in there, or Ben Jones gets hurt you don't have to necessarily slide anybody else over. You just put Brewer in, you can go. Yeah, and yeah, it's just it's still crazy to think looking back at how last year went with the line. You know, like you said, getting down to, you know, the third tackle and just having guys in and out like crazy. And our offense was still, you know, as potent as it was. But I want to switch from offense to defense because we know last year was just, you know, don't even really want to talk about it. It, it was, it was so bad, but you know, you have them revamping the defense this year and I want to get your thoughts on, you know, the defense coming into this year, all the moves that they've made. And of course I know there was a lot of split reaction on drafting a Farley in the first round. Yeah, there uh, really was. But with, with that talent, though, I mean, those physical gifts being that big and that fast, and, I mean, they're not drafting him. After what happened with uh, 79, they're not yeah. drafting him not no, not being 100% that he's going to be, one, able to play, and two, and healthy to where he's not going to have some setback where he doesn't where he gets hurt for a year. You know, he's he's good to go. I mean, whether it's training camp or regular season, they, they believe – they did their due diligence, I think, after – having an issue last year, but I think Jack rabbit's going to be good. I mean, that's going to be a good veteran for that young secondary. I mean, it's funny. We look back and I wish we kept Logan Ryan. It's 
it's like you rarely cut the wrong guy like that, but I think they cut the wrong guy there. But I mean, I think a lot of people who would have known, you know, I mean, mm-hmm, right. Butler had a good year last year and nobody would have known that Dory was going to get hurt and it's just was going to linger on and everything else that went on with that. I, there's a lot more stuff that I don't think we know, but we, you know, they completely rehauled that. Like you said, I mean, and, Amani Hooker made that a lot easier. I mean, with with Vaccaro because he came in and and played really well. And you think, well, we can we got Amani for two more years on the cheap. Mm-hmm. We can save a lot of money without having Vaccaro. But then they go out and sign a couple other guys, and it's just like, even though Kevin Johnson retired, uh, that's <laughs> really neat. I mean, I don't think that's that's not a a big. He was going to be like a nickel guy, but you've got Fulton, who's going to also. I don't know what you do with, I mean, you've got talent. I don't know where you play everybody, but I think it's going to be interesting to see how they, how they use all those pieces. And Fulton would be a nice nickel piece possibly. I mean, I thought Fulton's more of an outside guy, but if Jack rabbits outside and Farley's outside, I mean, you got to have somebody as a, as an, as a, as a nickel piece. And it may be another safe. It may be Molden. I, I really like Molden. I think they've got yeah, me too. drafting and, and, <clears throat> And the free agent signings, I, they can't possibly get less this year. I mean, they, let's be honest. <laughs> I mean, Goskowski was hurt and hadn't hadn't played in a year, came off hip surgery, didn't have any um, – skip this stuff, Central Fast, but coming back. But the, he had basically no rapport with the holder or the, any, any, or snapper, and he had to go through three snappers that season – I mean, for him to do what he did after the first game was it was remarkable. I mean, he had a great year after that first game, but because that was such a nightmare, thought, "Oh God, what did we do?" <laughs> and me being a Memphis guy, I thought, "Man, I like I was like I went to war for this dude, and I'm thinking this dude's like God. He missed like three kicks and a field goal. I was like, <laughs> I'm about to throw him off the river myself. I mean, Twitter don't ban me. Just kidding, no, but <laughs> no, but for real, like with that, and then you had. Vic Beasley and Clowney didn't do anything. And I mean, they can't possibly do worse. I think they're, I mean, I think they're going to do a lot better. We're due a good year for free agent hits. I mean, we didn't have any last year, really. Yeah. I mean, it, it, you can't really get much worse than your fan base pretty much knowing if it was like third and 20 or less, the the, the offense was going to (laughs) get the first down. Mm -hmm. And if, even if they didn't get it, if they got close, they knew that they could go for it on fourth down and our corners were going to be playing 11 yards off the ball and just get it to a guy right quick. Yeah, they weren't scared, that's for sure. I mean, it's I was even nervous. I was like, at fourth, fourth and eight, I was, okay, oh, crap, they're not punting? Crap. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they're punting. Yes, we get the ball back. And then it's like fourth and eight they're going for. I was like, oh, no, here we go. And then yeah. first down to such a – Turn it again. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like when Indy went for like four fourth downs on one drive, and I thought, man, they they don't fear us at all. I mean, it's but why? No offense, why would they at that point? You yeah, know? exactly. Right. I would just say I was one hundred percent behind the Caleb Farley pick. I mean, I for me, I have extremely high hopes for that guy, and probably. Um, I'm I'm probably a little too high on him if I'm just being completely honest. Uh, just because of his athleticism, his size, his speed. I think honestly, he is going to be w- one of the best cornerbacks that the Titans have had really in the past, you know, 10, 15 years, which that's about as long as I've been watching football. You know, I'm not, uh, I'm, you know, still pretty young, but to me, he's going to be, I-, I just think he's going to be great. 
I hope so too. I mean, injury pending. I mean, he's he's going to be fully healthy. They wouldn't. Have, I don't think they would have drafted him if he was. Oh yeah, I would think healthy. so. I mean, he, they had. I mean, I'm sure they had every doctor possible in that building checking him out, every single possible scenario to make sure. So I mean, I, I'm with you. I think he's going to be really good. He say if he does stay healthy, and if he, he could learn a lot from Jackrabbit because I mean, there's there's a couple of veterans, and then they've got a good good secondary coaches. I mean, he's got a lot of resources that he could really tap into to learn i think he's he's very physically gifted i mean he's maybe the most physically gifted one they've had i mean they've had some really good athletes i mean we knew wolfolk was physically gifted but he couldn't play corner but you know other than that i mean it was okay but but then you had i mean finnegan was great but he was you know he was he was a little smaller but man he was right. so aggressive and he was so good mccordy nobody i keep people kept sleeping on mccordy but he kept coming out there and playing well I mean, Malcolm Butler, Adore. I mean, they've had some good ones, Samari Roll over mm. the years, but Caleb Farley's probably the most physically gifted out of all of them by far. I mean, right. even more than like Pac Man. If Pac Man was, if Pac Man had it worked out, it, he was, mm-hmm. he would have been really good here. But I think Farley's going to be really good in this defense. And God, he's just, he's, he's just exciting to watch. The dude is a physical freak. I mean, and I think that's just, that's going to be hard for people. I mean, it, Maybe we'll be lucky and he'll be a shutdown corner. I mean, because there's very few of them out, out there. Right. Yeah. That's what I hope for from him. And, you know, even if he's not, you know, just the shutdown corner, as long as he's, you know, like you said, I'm pretty sure the Titans done everything that they need to do to make sure that he was going to get back fully healthy. But even just the mindset that he brings in to it, you know, gets drafted and he's like, you know, hey, how quick can I get the playbook? You know, I just feel like when you go back to last year and, you know, you got 79 not wanting to come to, <laughs> uh, you know, the camps, any of that, and then you get a guy who, as soon as he's drafted, he's like, hey, I need to get the playbook so I can start looking at this stuff. I want to be mentally ready to get in there. You mean you don't want Caleb Farley to drop a rap album next month? <laughs> I, I would prefer that he did not. <laughs> I think we're all crossing and crossing our fingers that he'll stay off Spotify. Yes, <laughs> please. One of the and I don't I don't know if Tyler has anything else, but one of the last topics that I wanted to bring up, and this is really something that it's it, it's looking into the future, obviously, but it's something that I haven't seen talked about a lot, and obviously everyone knows that. At some point, the Derrick Henry is is gonna start. It might not be in two years. It might not be in three years. But at some point, Derrick Henry, his athleticism, his ability, it's gonna start to decline a little bit. How long do you think um, we have, really, as fans, to see Derrick Henry play at this high of a level as he has the past two seasons? He's twenty seven, right? I'm thinking. I know the magic number is typically thirty for a running back, which is weird because it's pretty accurate, but. He's just not like any other running back or any player I've seen. So it's it's hard to it, – he's one that if I was going to bet, I wouldn't bet against Derrick Henry. There's not a lot of people I'd – I mean, not bet against it. He's one that I definitely would not because you would say three be the safe number, but I could see realistically five. I mean, right. you get – but then again, part of that is the heavy workload. With 17 games now instead of 16, how many extra carries are you going to get? I don't. Can he do 350 carries or whatever it is every year? I don't. I don't know how long he can sustain that, but he's big enough and he takes care of himself well enough that he could. He could be an anomaly. He could be completely just 
different than anybody we've ever seen. And there's a lot of things that indicate that he is different than anybody we've ever seen. He's just so damn physically gifted and just strong, <laughs> fast. He works hard. He wants to. He wants to win. He wants to be great. I mean, he doesn't get, doesn't get any kind of trouble off the field. He's a good guy. I mean, he's got a family. You know what I mean? It's just stuff like that. It's just it's a guy you want to root for because right. he does all the things. He does everything right. I mean, and he works, including the stuff on the field. He works hard on the field. I mean, he he wants to be great and he wants to win championships and he just stuff someone like that. I mean, I would think five years, but. I mean, I could be wrong. Of course, the magic number again is three years for him because he'd be 30, but I just can't bet against Derrick Henry. He's he's too damn good. Yeah, <laughs> I agree with you there. And as far as not betting against Derrick Henry, I was scrolling through DraftKings the other day and I saw where they had just really great odds on Derrick Henry to uh, beat the single season rushing record. And I just, I absolutely had to just go all in on that because just with the odds that were given, and the fact that there's an extra game this season and the fact that he broke 2,000 yards last season, there's a real chance for Derrick Henry to break the single-season rushing record. And I would say it, it's it's a better chance than any running back has ever had before, and obviously because he has an extra game. Absolutely. That 17th game is going to be huge. And it'll be it, – 17th game is against the Saints this year. I mean, it won't be the last game, but that 17th game is against an, a team that doesn't ha- typically have a great run defense historically. And I think that's a, that's a good thing. And plus, just at that point, I mean, we may how at that point of the season, which is I guess that's pretty late in the season, isn't it? Don't we play the Saints late because that's the seventeenth game? But they play. Uh, I can't remember. I say, let me look right quick because I'm for some reason I was feeling like that fell more towards maybe the we middle. Play, though, that that game, you know, the season does go into January 9th now. So I mean. We can get to a scenario where game 17 happens. They may not even need Derrick Henry, but they want to play Derrick Henry because you want to keep him fresh too. You don't want to sit him and rest him a whole week because I don't think that I don't think that's really great for Derrick Henry. You know what I mean? It's like you want to keep that train rolling and you don't want to get in the situation where you come out flat the next week because you gave him a week off. I mean, give him 10 or 12 carries or whatever it is. And again, of course, depending on the rushing record, how close it is there, I mean – they may go all in like they did against Houston. I mean, at a certain point, I mean, it's like you're almost like you didn't need Derrick Henry, but you still wanted to just run him because you, we, we want to get him, we, you know, we want to get him 2,000 yards. And right. Right. That one, and it's just, I think, I think it's a good shot to happen. I mean, I hope it does. I mean, it'd be awesome to have the only team in the NFL would not only several, two 2,000 yard rushers, but the only NFL running back to run for 2,000 yards twice. How cool would that be? Right. Right. And uh, the Saints game is going to be week 10. Yeah, on January 9th, uh, from what I was just seeing, they got the Texans, which we obviously know how that's went in the past. And talking about him breaking the, uh, you know, single season rush record, I'd also be interested to see if, you know, with a game like he had against the Texans, if he can break the single game and, you know, end up going up over 300 yards in a single game. I mean, that's a lot of yards and probably a lot of carries, but <laughs> with the way he can break runs off, like, you know, you get a couple long runs and it's not too hard to do. No, it's really not, especially with him because they add up, you get a couple 10-yard runs and you break a 70-yard run. And, I mean, at that point, you're about 100 yards right there. I mean, it's just right. – it's crazy how fast it adds up with him because he's just so fast when he gets in the open field. 
And then January 9th, I don't think the Texans are going to have a lot to play for. <laughs> I mean, I think the Titans will, but hopefully hopefully it's in a situation where they can just run him downhill and get another couple hundred yards and put him in that situation. Because the record now is, what, 295 for single game, I think? Uh, It's around, and it's either like 295 or 296, I think. God. I, I can't remember, remember for sure. But I know, yeah, I know it's right under 300. See, I mean, it's he's one that it's possible because he can score. He's one of the few that can really score every time he touches the ball, and which is – Yeah, it, it is 296. I mean, it's very few. 296? Okay. Yep. Was it Peterson? I, say, I think it's Peterson. Yeah, it was Peterson. Lewis's, which, which I think was 295, right? That's right, yep. Damn, a little bit. Okay, cool. <laughs> but say uh, I, I knew Peterson's, and then you just ran off and left me. I was like, "Oh man, okay, <laughs> he, he's got his stuff down here." Um, I guess just kind of jumping off topic of this season, you know, just to get to know you more out of because you've been a fan of the Titans since the start. Uh, who would you say is your all-time favorite Titan? Oh, that's tough because I've gotten to know a couple of the guys over the years. I mean, just watching. I mean, the easy answer is always like Steve McNair, Eddie George. Everybody's always says those. I mean, I always like Bullock and Hainsworth. I mean, I'm like defensive guys. I mean, Bullock was so much fun to watch because he was so underrated. I mean, he only went to the Pro Bowl once, which was a crime anyway. I mean, the guy was so awesome to watch. I mean, to have your own nickname, Mr. Money Night, is one thing. Mm-hmm. But then to be able to just be that big and that athletic and – to be able to just make the plays he made on defense. I mean, that guy was awesome. That guy was so under looked over his whole career and just another really good guy that now, I mean, and people, some people will say, you know, you shouldn't, you know, you shouldn't have like, you know, like players with your heart, you know what I mean? But like, you really do. You really get to know some, see some of the guys and you pull for them because they are good guys and you hate to see them get cut or you hate to see them go to other teams, get traded or whatever, but that's part of being a fan. And I think it's, mm-hmm. Just one of the things. It's cool to see guys like him that have continued to develop professionally after his career. He's opened a coffee shop, as you guys know. He's hmm. he's a you know he's he runs a business. He still is around Nashville, and he's he's embraced Nashville as home. I mean, guys like that are hard to not you know are not hard to root for. I mean, they're just because they they don't just stay you know they don't just play here and then they they leave and you never see them again. A lot of the people that play here actually stay here and live here permanently, which is a testament to how cool Nashville is. And exactly. Minus the tra- but, mm-hmm. but y'all, if y'all are watching this, don't move here, please. I'm, I'm tired of sitting in traffic. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's all that uh, I have for, you know, anyone watching, if you're not following Preston on Twitter, you need to be, I've seen where, you know, you went back and forth with uh, several people, you know, you you defend the Titans through and through for sure. One of the biggest Titans fans out there. I seen the other day where uh, I guess it's a Chiefs fan. You know, you yeah, yeah. tweeted out that you were ready for you know the NBA is cool and all, but you're ready for the season to start back to be back in the stands watching the Titans. He's like, yeah, they're going to let all twenty of the Titans fans in, and you know, you just of course ripped him a new one. And I'm like, you know. For one, his comment, it's like, dude, y'all have gotten lucky and just happened to get the momentum against us, you know, the last time we played y'all. You know, stadium's packed usually, obviously, last year. 
different story for all the teams, but mm-hmm. yet for anyone who's not following him, and I think I've got your Twitter handle correct. It's that is it, correct. Uh, there we go. At the real Prez 10. So make sure y'all go follow him. Great follow on Twitter. I appreciate that, guys. Yeah, it's fun messing with some of these fans. And he was like, yo, you all five are you gonna let all five of you in the stadium? I said, Yeah, I have, only if they let your 12 followers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, well, okay. It's uh like it's a stupid comment. I'm like, where did, I'm like, where did he come from? Like, I'm reading this, I'm like, I see that I'm like. He's just searching up like, Titans people to just yeah, talk trash. I mean, well, and, and that's basically what he come back to is he was like, you know, just to get a reply out of you or something like that. And I'm like, dude, you're, he's just done the same thing to you. You know, he's, he's exposed you for your followers on there. You know, only have 12. And I think, you know, maybe 30 minutes later, he got up to like 20. But it's like, Congratulations. yeah, it's like you're, 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 asking, a milestone. <laughs> you, you're asking for a response and Preston just so happened to put you back in your place there. I mean, I'm from Memphis. I don't, I have a big mouth. I mean, it's going to, I mean, it's just, I've never, not, I've never, you know, I've never, you know, not, sh- I, I can't shut up. I mean, it's just one of those things. <laughs> Well, yeah, I did want to say once again, uh, thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, obviously, content is a little bit dry right now, but we always like to get on here uh, with with different Titans people and, and just talk about the team because that's one of our favorite things to do, and that's really the reason that we started this podcast was to, to be able to talk to other Titans fans and just, you know, um, talk to other people about the team. Definitely. I appreciate you guys having me. This is fun. I mean, I'm – Gives us something to talk about for a little bit. I mean, because it's just we have what like roughly four and a half, five weeks till training camp now. So I mean, we're we're closing in. It's just you can tell because people are starting to get pissed at each other and just fight. For no reason on Twitter. So <laughs> it's it's about that time that we and it's like, well, football's coming soon, and I'm just I'm ready for just all this new merchandise to come out. And it's just all these different season events. And I know this is going to be a different year because there's still a little. COVID cautious. I mean, for, I don't know. I just, I can't go into my opinion on that. It's just, it's, it's a little, they're a little too cautious, I think, but I understand you've got to be, but at the same time, give me 2022, especially when we have normal interactions with people, fans, players, etc. But right now, give me 2021. We have Derrick Henry hitting you in the mouth, AJ and Julio ripping people up and Tannehill being underrated and let people continue to, to say that Cam is better and Carson Wentz is better. Yeah. Stupid ass list I saw today. I was like, what is this? Like, I thought it was a joke. And I'm like, oh, this is actually from someone from a, oh, hell, okay. Yeah. I mean, they, they just, they don't want to like the Titans. And, you know, Tannehill, especially a lot of these people just going off stats and everything else, you know, he's proven time and time again. But still, no matter how many times he proves it, it's like, uh no, out outside the top ten, uh you know that like you said, Cam Carson, you know some of these people, and you're like, really, you're you're going with these guys over Tannehill? Yeah, right yeah. Now? One thing that I pointed out the other day, Carson Wentz from someone had higher uh, MVP odds than Ryan Tannehill, and I'm just like, how? How? <laughs> That's that's pretty crazy. Speaking of collections, guys, I was gonna say that's you getting started on that. It's just it's fun. Collect 
don't ever let anybody disturb you. Collect what you like, and if you like bobbleheads, you know, collect bobble. You know what I mean? Collect mm. what you like and enjoy it, and and just it's your man cave. You know, you're putting up. Make it look. You know, however you do it, it's going to be the right answer. But there's a um, there's a card show two times a month in Nashville. There's a trade night that's happening next Thursday night, by the way, in Murfreesboro. Mm-hmm. And HBO Sports is going to be there. You may be worth going to. I'm going to be there hanging out. But there's that. And that card show is actually going to have a, t- a show, a couple shows next year that's 500 tables, which is insane. Wow. But, yeah. God. Hit me up. I'll get you some more info on any of that stuff for sure. But just as a collector, you can find cards, memorabilia, all sorts of stuff. I've got all sorts of outlets for you guys being local to be able to find that. So, I mean, I can definitely help you there. Yeah, we'll be sure to uh, hit you up about that. And, awesome. you know, yeah, it, you know, I joked around about the bobbleheads, but uh, then, of course, went to the uh, Titans yard sale, like we talked yeah. about, or garage sale, and got a couple of those uh, game pants. And then another uh, fan of the show, he uh, sent us a message, said he had some stuff. It's not an official jersey, but got a signed uh, Rashawn Evans jersey and then went and checked out uh, Man Cave, Inc. in Mount Juliet and ended up getting a uh, uh, this past weekend. So that's kind of, yeah, that's kind of like my new, uh, new baby that I bought. And then... Uh, I guess my favorite piece is. I was about to I say you're leaving out your favorite. No, I, I was getting to it. Uh, <laughs> since Bullock's my favorite Titan of all time, uh, actually got him to sign my Keith Bullock jersey that I've had for forever, and I've got that frame. Just have to get it back up on the wall. So nice, nice. That is good. That's a, that's a good one. That's a good one to have. And I mean, there's so many cool ways to frame them. I mean. I've got, if you ever need any ideas for framing, I got you. I mean, there's a lot of cool ideas out there. I mean, and it's, it's a lot of DIY stuff that's cool too. I mean, it's, you can frame it a certain way, even in like I, a buddy of mine and I were doing it with a frame and he ended up, we ended up framing a couple of his jerseys with like a 24 by 36 frame. We just mounted it in the frame with a foam board inside it. So it would, wouldn't move. It mm-hmm. looks really good. It's got a black background. It's, I mean, it, Stuff like that, a little bit, sometimes less is more with that kind of stuff. And right. of course, with, when you have limited wall space, I mean, you got to really be careful how you frame stuff. And because <laughs> then you start having crap on top of stuff. And it's just, I mean, it looks like, I mean, it, it, it can looks, get very cluttered. Yes. And I'm, and I'm OCD. So cluttered. With, <laughs> with I mean, that's why I, you can see my sports room. I'm kind of trying to get everything just put up right. But I'm just, I'm waiting on this stupid wall to get knocked down because I want to know exactly how much space I'm going to have before I start really knocking stuff down just right. for, and really putting stuff up. I mean, because I want to make sure that in my head, I've got an idea of what I want to do, but I want to make sure that it, when it actually see it, I'm like, okay, this is how much space I have. And I want everything to be matching or really close to matching. And yeah, it's just, but it's, but just collecting. I mean, it's fun. It, I've gotten to know a lot of people and made a lot of good friends to collecting and, you know, Titans events and stuff. And I know you guys probably have too, just going to games and going to events and seeing some of the same people. And then you see them on Twitter, you know, Facebook, Mm -hmm. and then you get to know them and you you become friends with them. It's like, it's almost like an extended family. And it's funny how sports can bring us together, particularly one football team, the Titans. I mean, it's awesome. 
Yeah, it, it is. And, you know, it's, you're talking about like the wall space and everything. That's pretty much the problem I've run into because, you know, where we record the podcast and where I kind of have, I guess, my little man cave right now is actually in our guest room. <laughs> and, uh, you know, got this one wall that I have my Titan stuff on. And I look around, I got more stuff laying around. I'm like, okay, I would really love to get that up, but I don't have the space for it. And I'm OCD like you. And I'm like, okay, I can't just clutter it all in there. Definitely not. No, you got to do it. There's got to be a a method to the madness. It's got to look good. And I think framing the bullocks, definitely the right decision. And I mean, he's a good guy. I mean, there's, Mm. there's so many of these guys are so accessible. I mean, when I was a kid, even just seeing some of these guys, it's, it's amazing. You see how nice they are because they're people. And I, I talk, mm-hmm. and you get, you know, you do this around, you get around enough athletes and people in general. I mean, they're just people. I mean, there's no like hero worship or anything like that. I mean, it's like, I've gotten to be even friends with a couple of them. Cause I, most of the time I don't even talk to them about football. It's mostly pretty much food and life and everything else. Right. And then, cause I don't want people bugging me about my job. Be like, so Preston, uh, you know, a couple years ago, how many cases did you prove that? I'm like, I don't want to talk about, I mean, it's not interesting. It's like, I get that it's their job, but it's like, you know what I mean? It's like, they get that from so many people. Right. It's like, you got to have an escape from it. I mean, it's just, and I, and I get that. I mean, people like to be tri- talked to like people, regardless of whether they make what we make or what they make. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> the end of the day, we're all people. Well, most of us, I guess. <laughs> Except Talking for about Jags fans. Yes, them, him too, yeah. <laughs> well, I think that's all, all I got. Uh, yeah, me you too. Know, it's, been, it's been good just you know getting off the topic and talking about different things with you, getting to know you a little bit better. Uh, you know, like we've been following you for a while on Twitter. And, you know, like Tanner said, just getting the chance to talk to other Titans fans and get to know them and even just get, other perspectives on the team and everything else, you know, it's just something that we enjoy doing. Uh, and like you were talking about, gives you a chance to, you see more of these people and interact with them and build those friendships with them. And, you know, it can become like an extended family. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. This is always fun. I mean, it's just, it's just fun. Like you said, getting to know other people and in the fan base and just learning about stuff other than just, Who's your favorite player? I want to know what kind of food do you like? What kind of right. restaurant do you like? Why you don't like chain restaurants, which is good because chain restaurants are the devil. I mean, <laughs> you know, just especially when you've got so many good places here. That I, We could spend a whole other hour on that, guys. I mean, just. Yeah. <laughs> but, man, I appreciate you guys having me on. This is this is fun. I mean, it's just fun to get away and just talk football and life and BS for a little bit. And it's just definitely if y'all when y'all go to a game, hit me up and let's link up for sure. Oh, yeah, we will, man. Yeah, for sure. And we need to have you on the show again sometime. Uh, I'm sure we'll we'll set that up sometime during the season or something like that. Definitely. I, I'm glad to do it, man. I appreciate it, guys. Well, uh, you want to tell everyone where they can find us on social media? I know we got yeah. it at the bottom there. Yeah, um, you can find us on Twitter. It's Titans underscore time, Facebook, Titans time, and Instagram, Titans time podcast. Uh, make sure that you're with us on social media and everything like that. Uh, it really helps us out, and we like to have the interaction, obviously, as we've just talked about uh, here in the show. And, guys, if you haven't already, make sure you go down, subscribe. If you're listening on the audio version of the podcast, subscribe there. Leave us a five-star rating. Coming back to YouTube, like the video, share the video, and just leave us your comments, guys. Like we've said many times, we love the interaction and love seeing uh, y'all's comments and 
anything else y'all might have for us. This has been Titan's Time, and as always, tighten up. Mm-hmm.